Hello, and welcome to the podcast series, Ready, Set, Game, The Rhetoric of Games, a podcast created by Emory University students in David Morgan's Play, Make, Write, Think class. Over the course of the series, we will approach games as operating within the larger media ecology and attempt to diagram the competing forces at work within that landscape. In each episode, we will play and analyze a specific game with an eye toward its rhetorical situation and the role it plays within the broader medium. We'll focus on the way these games encourage players to think in order to move through them and what sorts of decisions the games force us to make. As we probe the underlying rules of game systems and speculate about what's going on underneath the hood, we'll ponder where they are taking us and to what ends. How do these games encourage certain types of problem solving and learning? What sorts of values do they promote? What sorts of new perspectives do we gain in the playing? So buckle up and come play with us. Does that sound bring back memories for you? This is the background music for Fireboy and Watergirl, a nostalgic game for many people of our generation. Hi, I'm George. And I'm Jessica. Today, let's have a quick chinwag about that infamous childhood game that brought so many of us together. All you need to play is a computer and a friend. It's a simple platformer where one person plays Watergirl on the WASD keys and the other plays Fireboy on the arrow keys. The two characters navigate through obstacles by pushing levers and buttons and jumping over water or fire with the ultimate goal of reaching the end door to the next stage. The game is easy enough, lending itself to a younger audience. The controls are simple, the goals are obvious and clear, but the significance of this game does not lie in its ability to challenge skilled players. This game was almost exclusively popular amongst children in elementary school and middle school, and that's no fluke. Each level is like a new maze. In order to reach the end door, Fireboy might have to run through fire and push a lever that opens a passageway only Watergirl can go through, or vice versa. This leads us to talk about what makes the game so great. In working together with the person you are playing with, you have to collaborate and communicate. One of the special things about this game is that you get to directly communicate with the person you're playing with. There aren't many multiplayer games nowadays where you share a screen, let alone the fact that you're sharing a keyboard. Games like this tended to be the first type of video games children of our generation were able to play. Whether we knew it or not, it laid an important groundwork for communication skills outside of the classroom. The game makes it virtually impossible not to collaborate with the person you're playing with, because you cannot get past certain obstacles without the help of the character with the opposite power. With the help of Fireboy and Watergirl, kids could learn early on not only to solve a puzzle or challenge given to them, but also the best way to communicate how they went about doing it. Being directly next to your teammate, you learn to ask for the assistance you need to complete a challenge and to help someone accomplish the same goal that you did. Having another person right there to play with instills some slight competition, but more importantly, motivation. 
I found myself begging my friends to play this game with me because I thought the puzzles were exciting and fun. I even tried to play it by myself at times, but that is definitely not an easy task. As you can see from Jessica's account, kids who were eager to play with a friend were honing a skill that many people didn't even think of. They probably learned more effective ways to communicate, convince, and motivate. I would always want to keep playing, challenging my friends even after they'd say, I give up, because I knew I could solve the puzzle if we just kept trying different things. Exactly. In doing this, there are other skills kids get just from playing a simple game on the computer puzzle solving skills and pattern recognition. When you play enough of any game, you learn to see the thinking that goes on behind the scenes of each level. There are so many levels and each one that you solve unlocks a few more. That is one of the incentives to beat each level you attempt. But not only are there different levels, there are also different temples. This means the game has five glorious parts. With all of these levels and temples, you're sure to have a fun time and an infinite amount of puzzle solving with your friends. Not infinite, but to a young kid playing in the school library, it sure felt that way. That's where I discovered this game, because my classmates were playing it during free time. Perhaps the best and worst aspect of the game is that it uses Adobe Flash Player. We could play it so easily, and it was free. I think there is something to be said about Flash games. This game was able to be such a big part of our childhood because of its accessibility. Free games are so different nowadays. The modern analogue for this would be a gimmicky iPhone game riddled with ads. Flash allows for the creation of many free, fun, and quite possibly weird games. But it is no secret that Flash is a dying industry. In fact, it will no longer be supported after December 2020 because so many people began to realize how unstable, slow, and insecure the media is. New and better platforms have since been created. With many simple games like Fireboy and Watergirl, it's apparent that the target players of Flash games are beginners in the gaming world. Just as those players began their gaming journey with Flash, the people designing these games are also beginners. Many game developers were able to kick off their careers by chucking together any old piece of game on Flash. Now they have moved on to bigger and better things. But for our generation, those easy access flash games that you could find online were all the rage. And it's sad to think that future generations will miss out on that strange yet addictive gaming experience. So it's clear that there's a lot to be gained from playing the simple yet fun puzzle platform game Fireboy and Watergirl. Jessica, did you have a particular character you prefer to play? I guess I did tend to gravitate towards Water Girl. See, I would always pick Fireboy. That may just be because I like fire. What is cool about Fireboy and Water Girl is that it specifically mentions gender. It's in the title of the game, but the characters don't look that different. Fireboy has flaming hair and Water Girl has a ponytail, but nothing else denotes them by gender. So we have to think about why a game would want to intentionally mention gender but keep it as a purely cosmetic difference within the game, and a minor one at that. Many video games gain traction by targeting boys, typically by using a strong hero in an action game, or even an overly sexualized female character, like Lara Croft. And back when we used Flash in elementary school, many of the games that did target girls were dress-up games or cooking games. 
Fireboy and Watergirl is able to appeal to both genders, which proves that in a sense, it was definitely ahead of its time. It's human nature that you gravitate towards people that are like you. So it makes sense that when you're little, a lot of your first friends are the same gender as you. But this game does a great job of bringing boys and girls together. This game gave the awkward shy girl that I was in elementary school the chance to talk to someone I wouldn't normally talk to. By the simple act of inviting someone to play a game with you, you open up to them in ways we normally wouldn't think about. In Jane McGonagall's book, Super Better, she actually explains that when two people are playing the same game, where they're competing or working together, their brainwaves synchronize. This is something unique about multiplayer games and reveals a new way that you can connect with someone. And because you are side by side with the person you are playing with, the connection is so much more powerful. You can talk, collaborate, and share ideas at such a young age. I have such good memories playing this game with my sister and friends at school. George, what are your memories from this game? Well, when I was younger, I had some anxieties about going to school. I didn't attend the classes for roughly six years. There was a period of time where I went to a therapy clinic for kids who were going through similar issues. I found it really hard to make friends. There was this one girl who I could tell was also going through a lot and was very shy. Somehow we ended up playing Fireboy and Watergirl together and ended up becoming good friends. Wow, that's a really nice story. So whenever I think about that game, I immediately think of this memory and how Fireboy and Watergirl helped two socially anxious kids become friends. Games like this can really affect your life and growth in more ways than you think. Fireboy and Watergirl is definitely a game I will forever remember, and maybe even still play if possible. I hope you learned a little bit more about the wonders of Fireboy and Watergirl, and all the benefits young kids from our generation have from playing. I'd like to take a moment to thank our line producer, Kathy. Thank you for listening, and remember to always stay gameful.